This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the big business and market stories of the week. With Oanda senior market analysts from around the world, and today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Ed, good evening from London. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Johnny. It's our pleasure. Let's start with the United States. And this week was all about the Fed and their focus on convincing markets uh, not to worry too much about inflation, right? Uh, very much so. I, I think right now when we're, we're taking a look at you know what is really driving market moves, it's all about inflation expectations. The, the Fed has done a, a very consistent job of, of signaling that any inflation we see is going to be transitory. I think that when you take a look at what has happened over the past um, 12 months, you know, in, in inflation, you know, the, the hit from COVID has, will, will have a, a base effect impact that is going to make any type of inflation reading these next few months look really um, high. And, and, and right now you're probably going to see that the Fed um, has signaled that, you know, they're going to be data dependent. They're going to wait until they see inflation consistently above that 2% level for, for at least a year. So, so that means that, you know, policy is going to be on cruise control um, at least to the, to the end of the year. I think uh, we did finally hear some uh, clarification from Vice Chair Clarida that, you know, they, they know the numbers are going to be very hot in the, the next couple of months. And, and they're going to see that uh, as long as we start to see things come back down uh, before we get to the end of the year, I think they're going to be convinced that inflation was transitory. So that means that you're going to see that the, the next few months is, is going to be, you know, high readings of PPI, CPI, and uh, markets are probably going to anticipate that the Fed is uh, you know going to be fine with that, and, and and right now it seems that if you take a look at Treasury yields, you know the the, the bond market sell off you know for the most part hit a brick wall last week, and now it looks like we're going to see um, you know the rise higher, and Treasury yields should be slower, and uh, I think that's uh, what we're going to be wait wait to see. You know when will the the market test the Fed's patience? And is this having an effect at all on the dollar? Yeah, I think I think right now we've seen the you know the the big run up in treasury yields, you know, provided a tremendous amount of flows into the dollar and and when we take a look at the the disappointing European vaccine rollout, it really led to some short-term headwinds for Europe and and that's really triggered a a, a massive inflow to the to the US dollar. But I, I think there is expectations that you're you're going to see a weaker dollar eventually persist and, and that's on the backdrop of, you know, roughly $5 trillion of uh, stimulus getting pumped into the economy with more on its way. So I think you'll probably see uh, money growth is, is uh, just going to continue to happen in the U.S. And, and when the global economic recovery is, is finally um, it, intact, uh, you, you're going to see that the dollar will um, eventually um, start to, to, to weaken. Uh, one other story I saw in the Financial Times earlier today, Ed, the Biden administration calling for the world's biggest multinationals to pay levies to national governments based on their sales in each country. And that is part of this global minimum tax plan. And the plan apparently would apply to the global profits of the very largest companies, including 
uh, the big US techs, regardless of their physical presence in a given country. Can you see this actually happening? It's fascinating because right now, uh, when I first heard the the story, I, I initially chuckled. I thought that there was uh, a, a slim chance that you were going to see, um, I think, countries uh, all around the world, you know, be open to this. And uh, I, I think the problem is that you're, you're seeing an unbalanced economic recovery. You're having the U.S. economy uh, that is really starting to click. You're, you're, you're having uh, strong employment bounce back. You're having, you know, the, the U.S. can clearly see the other side of COVID and, and, and there's so much optimism for this economy. But when you look across the rest of the world, uh, you know, many countries are still struggling to, to get vaccine, vaccines in their hands. Uh, they're living in lockdowns and they're unsure whether or not they're going to be extended beyond this month. And, and I, I think that you're probably uh, seeing that the U.S., you know, they, they need to pay for all the stimulus that's getting pumped into this economy and they're going to be raising taxes. So this global minimum tax is going to help make the U.S. a little bit more competitive. You know, the, I think the argument was that, you know, we saw a race to the bottom over the last 30 years as everyone has been trying to lure businesses to their countries. And uh, I, I think eventually... This is really just the beginning of a negotiation as far as some type of tax uh, levies that are going to get uh, pushed through. Um, I, I think this is going to be drawn out, but I, I can't anticipate this happening anytime soon. I think they're, they're, they're hopeful to have something agreed upon in the summer. I, I would be extremely skeptical that that could happen. And uh, you're, you're probably going to see, though, that this is going to be used as leverage for winning concessions on other key matters. Okay, um, let's talk about oil, Ed. The surge we've seen in recent weeks seems to be well and truly over for a number of reasons, but um, I suppose primarily uh, worries about the recovery. I mean, when you look at this story about the AstraZeneca vaccination, to me personally, it doesn't make any sense. If you look at the statistics, the risks of blood clot from an Astra jab are tiny, one in 250,000 one and a quarter of a million. And if you compare that to the other uh, sets of probabilities with, say, taking antibiotics, the contraceptive pill and so on, um, that, you know, that, that, that those, those figures are dwarfed. It seems very, very strange that we are so worried about the recovery because of a perceived idea about this vaccination rather than the reality. Uh, very, very much so. And, and I think vaccine hesitancy is one of the big... Um, I think foundation arguments for uh, why this recovery is going to be delayed. And, and I, I think what you're probably going to see is that for the most part, uh, uh, you know, the, all the vaccines that have been approved, whether, you know, you're talking about the, the ones in the U.S. or even some of the Chinese ones or the Russians, uh, the Sputnik one, they, they all seem to be effective and for the most part um, safe. And I think what you're probably seeing is um, there is just this... Uh, this um, uh, movement that has really, I think, derailed a lot of optimism, and uh, it is weighing on some people. I think in the U.S., you know, that uh, when the AstraZeneca vaccine was, um, you know, very close to getting its approval, uh, then you started to see our health experts say, "Well, we probably won't need it." And uh, I think that anything that does signals um, some type of uh, negativity for the vaccine is, is really terrible for the outlook. So I think that um, this is overblown, but 
the impact is noticeable. And, and that's what really has kind of, uh, I think, pushed the, the, the European rebound uh, possibly by a, a month or so or even longer. Uh, and I, I think that in, in the end, uh, you know, when they do their studies and, you know, when it's all analyzed, I think you're going to probably see that, um, you know, the, 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 these vaccines have proven to be um, extremely safe and effective. And uh, I think that all, all, you know, multiple uh, organizations that are reviewing this, I think, have all deemed it safe and effective. So I think you're you're going to see that y Europe's outlook is going to, you know, eventually be bright. But right now, it just seems that they're still trying to fight their way through this. Oil generally, though, um, obviously we had this uh, recent crisis in the Suez Canal, uh, which seems to have uh, now sorted itself out. I'm, I'm not quite sure the latest statistics in terms of you know how much it's uh, cost uh, individual companies and economies. But um, what are we expecting in terms of the oil price generally, uh, vaccination accepting? I think that the uh, consensus is slowly becoming that oil prices are going to be significantly higher uh, when we're talking again at the end of the year. I think there, there, there's this optimism that you're going to have Americans, Europeans um, extremely uh, be busy traveling again. I, I think that the uh, more so it's noticeable in the U.S., uh, uh, Ticket bookings have gone up dramatically. You have the at-risk population uh, that has been uh, mostly um, um, vaccinated, um, and, and uh, I think for, you know herd immunity is is something that you know we'll be talking about in the U.S. in just a couple of months. And uh, there's there's this optimism that. Uh, this global economic recovery is also going to benefit from this infrastructure spending, which is really going to, I think, um, um, help support the manufacturing industry, which is going to, um, I think, uh, keep demand for crude extremely strong. Um, so so I, I think um, you, you also take a look at, on the supply side, uh, the Biden administration is making life very difficult for uh, oil and gas companies. And I, I think that you're going to see uh, the expiration of, um, you know, many subsidies that have helped these uh, companies uh, go away. And, and higher taxes is really going to refrain some of this investment into getting new wells in place. And uh, that, that's just going to keep that supply shortage intact. I think that the days of record uh, production from the U.S. Are, are long gone, and you're probably going to see that prices will remain fairly supportive. And I think OPEC Plus has done a, a pretty um, stellar job in in uh, signaling that they want prices to be firm, and they're not flooding the market with with output. And uh, I think they're, for the most part, they're they're not scrambling for market share just yet. So I think you're going to see prices remain elevated, and there's going to be countless geopolitical risks that will keep things exciting, I think, throughout the summer. So um, this could be a very uh, difficult hurricane season, too. So there's so many uh, different reasons why I think you're going to see prices elevated. And plus, we're probably in the middle of a, a commodity super cycle. OK, Ed, before we let you go, um, let's preview some of the big highlights, in your humble opinion, over the next uh, seven days or so. I think uh, next week is going to be uh, it's uh, going to be very busy. It's going to be filled with a lot of Fed and ECB speak. I think that uh, you know the market is really focused on um, inflation, and I think that uh, you're going to see uh, you know the, this week's producer price 
uh, readings, which really uh, uh, surprised many, you know, coming in twice as hot, hotter than the forecast. And uh, I think you're going to see uh, uh, the Fed is going to really probably reiterate their stance. It's going to be transitory. Uh, but if, if it does run away in the short term, you know, what are those thresholds that are going to uh, trigger some action from the Fed? Uh, I think as long as the Fed, you know, signals that they're ready to act, uh, you know, you're going to see that the, the move in Treasury yields should be fairly capped. Um, ECB is also going to be um, um, uh, speaking um, at length. We'll hear from uh, ECB President Lagarde. Uh, and, and, and also, too, what's going to be very interesting is uh, there's going to be a wrath of speak on the, the digital euro. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, cryptocurrency uh, followers uh, pay, pay close attention, see exactly how far the, euro, the digital euro is is from here. They're going to be uh, beta testing it shortly. So uh, a lot of focus there is, as well. Um, but when, when it comes to data, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be about the German ZAW surveys. Uh, we'll have, um, you know, U.S. inflation, U.S. retail sales. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a, a, a strong handle on, you know, how strong the uh, pricing pressures are. And also, you know, the U.S. consumer is going to bounce back strongly. The, the, these, uh, this round of retail sales is going to uh, reflect uh, the latest stimulus checks. So I think you're, you're going to see a big focus on that. But uh, for, for me, uh, personally, I'm, I'm going to be uh, closely paying attention to Wednesday's uh, big banks earnings season kickoff. I think you're gonna, we're, we're, we're going to see a lot of focus on J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo. They report before the bell. But more importantly, too, I think, you know, we, we did have the Archegos capital blow up over the past couple of weeks that have really, um, you know, dominated the, the headlines. And I, I think it's going to be important to see whether or not um, we, we see some of these prime brokerages um, make uh, some tighter conditions for these smaller hedge funds or, or family offices. And uh, whenever you you um, make the ability to uh, trade a little bit harder, I think uh, you take the leverage out of the system. Um, we, we could see that um, have an impact on, on, on the broader market as well. So that's going to be uh, important to focus on. And uh, that's uh, that happens on Wednesday. But those are some of the key highlights. And in addition, we have Chinese data, Chinese GDP. It is going to be bouncing back strongly. China's recovery is the strongest, you know, as far as the larger economies out there. And um, I think those are the, the key highlights for next week. Okay, great talking to you again. Speak to you same time next week. Thanks very much. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.